panikiri me hekurangi a kumaunga ko te waikare tāheke me te waipu a kuawa ko waikare mona te waituku kiriona mātua tipuna ko naitiru nga te rurihe nga te tāwhaki patu heuhau te aitanga a mate e te awira a kuhapu ko naitu hoi me nga te parau a kuiwi Mai ko hau tēnei ko kuerana and I have a very Pākehā name too. Now, even though everyone calls me Irana, that, that's not my legal names. But um, all my tūhoi nannies and all that reckon, we don't care what your mother called you. You're supposed to be named after your nanny and her name was Irana. But my mum liked the Pākehā name, which was Ellen. Ellen. Yeah. E-L-L-E-N. Like Ellen DeGeneres. And, you know, it was really terrible because I used to hate that name growing up because people couldn't say it properly. Now we've got Ellen DeGeneres all over the TV. Everybody can say it. <laughs> oh, people couldn't say Ellen properly? Yeah, they oh. couldn't say it properly. They could never say it properly. You know, and they'd just wangle it. And, <laughs> but now it's sort of like, okay, it's cool. Kia ora, Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> E te manu tiori ori, hari atura ki o matua tipuna. Edna Hemingson, singer, broadcaster, teacher and an advocate for the Reo Māori died last weekend on May 15, 2016. In October last year, I visited Edna at her home in Wainuio Mata. The interview was to form part of a series about hospice and why Māori chose to use their services. But as I sat with her in her lounge, surrounded by the many whānau photographs on the walls, the kōrero became more about her life. In tonight's Te Ahikau, we pay tribute to Irina, who many remember as a musician with a quiet nature, who contributed in more ways than one to iwi radio, Māori music, education and te reo Māori. She begins here and explains her whakapapa. Great-granddad Peter came from Denmark and then I uh, had some children, and then um, our granddad Eric met our grandmother Irana Rangihau and um, married her, and then uh, our queer died, Irana died. And when granddad married again, he married a, a Pākehā lady, grandma, Lorimer. Actually, that was quite a thing because, you know, we had two Pākehā grandparents in there, and, and I remember um, the first time we met them, we were only little, and going out the street and I began, Grandma, Grandma, Granddad, and my, and my mum got quite embarrassed <laughs> because they were Pākehā and it was sort of like, and then um, and then Grandma told her off. I was slightly different thinking back then. These days I smiled, but I smiled, eh? Yeah, we we're just about related to the whole wide world, so. <laughs> Your queer Edna, was she related to John Rangihau? To she the... was his older sister. Yeah. And so were you brought up in Tuhui? Uh, well, it's country. really funny because people think I was born there and this and that, but actually I was born uh, on the East Coast at Tupuya Springs Hospital. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that, and um, and we were brought up a bit, sort of up there a bit, because uh, my mum's mother was still alive. Um, so sometimes we would go back there because my, ma- my mum used to help look after my auntie's children. My auntie would take her kids to our nan to look after so she could work and so my mum would have to go back and help look after all those kids and that as well or sometimes they'd come here 
and um, which didn't amuse my father too much. Mm. But you know that was just how life was. Uh, my dad, oh, we we always loved going back to Waikaremona. That's where my dad was from. It's from Tuhoi Whanui, but Waikaremona was like home. So when did you make the big move to Wellington? Um, I think I was two when we came here and um, Uncle Kara Pukatapu, um said to my dad, right, there was some houses. There was House Tite Bay, which wasn't ready yet. And then there was this house over here. And because my mum and dad, they didn't have a house that was like, they took this one. You know, Whichever one was available. Yeah. And they didn't mind living over the hill? From... No, but it was kind of like, um, in those days, it was like wherever you could get a house, you were going to live. So I sort of thought, okay, so I've ended up being a Wainui a person instead of a Titepe Pagil. <laughs> you have a um, well, very much a long uh, to everybody who works in iwi radio uh, Māori mu- music in general um, entertainment and composition of course your name is uh, sits alongside those who have written songs mairano and of course a singer tell us how your career began in um, in terms of you know tito waiata um, I think it started when we were kids and me and my sister used to write songs and sing away when we were kids. And, and that, that she's really good at writing songs. And your sister is? My sister is, my sister is Jackie Hemmingson, but her handle was Sister J. And Sister um, J. Lots of people know, know that, that um, name, Sister J. So um, she still sings today. She sings with um, different bands as well as at times does her own gig. Um, we set up a group, we did set up a group called Tuahini, which was myself, my sister Jackie and our cousin Hini Te Pono. Um, but Hini Te Pono went home, back to um, uh, the Bay of Plenty. And that's so, uh, that's sort of, um, oh we used to have Minaripia sometimes, she mm-hmm. would be in Naropu. And then, but um, yeah, these days it's like, uh, Tuahini is... Um, a big hard to get together thing. Right. So yeah, so sometimes um Jackie and I would do some things, some gigs. Uh but yeah, Jackie she gets quite a few gigs and then she's also with a number of bands. So, yeah. So her singing career continues. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What were those days like, especially in the early nineties when I was working in Iwi Radio, you know, with Toy Henne and Oh look, we all used to do the K Papa Maori gigs. All of us. We all went around like there was ourselves, Black Cats, um, Ahurangi, Hori Chapman. Um, Tawira came in a bit at that time. We were coming in. Um, it was quite funny. There were some, some new ones that were sort of coming in, and we were like, oh, God, we're getting old. We were going to move over for some of these ones. And, <laughs> like um, Iwi and all those ones. Yeah, you know, it was sort of like, wow. You know, so they were, they were like, and it was quite funny because um, before Iwi there was, um, there was another group, which was the older brothers and, Sisters of Iwi, Tawira. So there was Tawira, there was us, there was Black Cats, and there was um, Ahurangi, or, or but mainly Hori, who were going around, and we were doing these kaupapa Māori gigs. And back in those days, that was quite good, but one of the main ones was definitely Raglan, Whaingaroki Te Whenua, at Eva Rickard's place. We loved doing that. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Wow. To go and have concerts. Your backdrop was the sea. And, uh, and there was no alcohol or drugs, 
So it was sort of like day and night was just pure music and food and um, and sunshine. And that was open to the public to come along to as well. Yeah, but what they used to do is um, when they first started off with a bit of a koha, but then um, there's so many people started coming and there was so many things happening. They put up they put up some temporary showers. Oh, yeah, and that's yeah. so well, you could have a shower. You know, <laughs> cool. go, Hello, the showers are on. <laughs> and then you want to race off for the showers, you know, every now and then. Um, yeah, so there was that. And every, and no matter what, the, um, the Māori Queen would come over. She always make, make time to come over to that festival. It was usually on a Saturday morning, you know. But uh, the good thing about it was because there was no alcohol drugs, everybody behaved. That has got to be actually personally. That's one of the best venues ever to have concerts at. Was up there at Flying Warm. and uh, um, we did have one all the way up north in the Taitokaro. Compliments of Radio Taitoko. That was a good one too, but a long way, long way to go. Yeah, yeah. So was that up in Mangamuka? Yeah, we all sort of went around the same, same bunch of people went around. It was like a bit of a circuit, but it was great. Yeah. And then you meet other people and. Um, you know, it's from different walks of life. On the road, the band were met with some challenges as well. Now, my Ngāti rallies don't get all hot and about this, but some of you might remember we came to play at Ngāti Parau. Um, Nahiwi Apanui had organised for us to do some gigs at Ngāti Parau. One of them happened to be at the pub, and it was quite an interesting thing because we weren't really into playing pubs and that. You know, our thing Alcohol was free. Yeah, and we like the family thing, you know. But this one, I was like, no, no, it's like, you know, come play at the pub, five dollars to get in, you know. And it's like, oh, okay then. And we got there, and um, we started playing, and then the manager came up and says, "We don't play that kind of shit here." And this was music in Maori, Kaipapa Maori, oh. and I looked at him. And everybody went, don't. <laughs> don't you dare, no, come on. No, we'll just pick up and we'll leave. But I was so angry. The whole time we were picking up, they, they sort of had to keep an eye on me. And I just kept doing this, this pub owner, that evil thing. And so I'm like, I couldn't believe that, you know. Yeah. That, that and of all places, a Nazi Parau. And, that, and we had, you know, we had been asked to, we, we had had number one songs. Like, and then we turn up and you say, you play that kind of shit up here. Yeah, it was just like, Okay, all right then. So we packed up and went back to Tokomori Bay and spent the night at Tokomori Bay with some people that we knew there. And then we came there because we had another gig at um, Hastings. Nice. There used to be quite a few gigs with the Black Cats people, and that. And um, yeah, so so we went back down to to that one. But that's the only time we've ever had that said to us. So oh well, the rest all oh, the rest of it was great. We had done. Um, Tatapodi and and all that, and then going and going back down to Hastings. I think we needed that after that because they were just fantastic. Yeah, uh, you know, and we, those were people that we knew, and and they always looked after us and that. And yeah, so it was great. It was a great concert. They always had great concerts. Those Kaununis, they they, they loved Kopapa Māori concerts. <laughs> Ina nahira i whakaiti tētahi pākehā i te kōrero Māori o tētahi mema pāremata Māori ki tana hoa i runga i te wakaririrangi. 
Wellington-based iwi radio station Te Upuku Oteika was established in 1987. Edina was there from the start, eventually becoming the station's programme director. Over the years, she would leave to take on other jobs, but there was a fierce loyalty, and she would return to help out when she could. Oh, the thing was that I had worked in iwi radio years ago, and for many years, and, um, and then I would leave and go and do something else, and then... Um, I'd get called back in to help lift the radio station. If the radio was down a bit, then I'd come back in and help lift it. And, you know, it was, it was kind of funny because I remember one time it was like, oh, you're back. You know, this was some of the listeners, the oldies. Mm. And then I just I just thought, wow, you know, Kia Yeah, and feel really appreciated. <laughs> yeah. But um, I didn't mind, you know, if I was for me, Especially with Tupukodega, because I'd been there since the beginning. So for me, it was like if Tupuko put the call out for help, go to buy if I was available, I'd go and help whatever way I could. Mm. And um, so it was quite funny because I remember there was one part even where I'd go there for the six o'clock for the breakfast show, do the breakfast show, and then take off to school. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it's, it, I enjoyed it. And then, and then it'd be funny because some of the kids is like, boy, you know, we just said you're on the radio. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, you never once you've worked in radio, you never lose those skills. My one was actually talkback. I mean, talkback. Mm. That was uh, that was really my field. You know, you could host any show, but talkback was the thing. I started on. Um, we started up a rangatahi show, and I first went on myself and my sister. And in it, we would have um, decided to have just New Zealand and modern music, mm. and that we would have talkback issues that were relevant to. Actually, I, I'll never forget. Relevant to youth? <laughs> yep, and to us Māori. But I always remember the first kaipapa we ever did. Oh, yes, what was it? I tell you, you wouldn't believe this. We had been to something at TVNZ, and um, it was the filming of, it was like Radio of Pictures back then. Yeah, one of the radio pictures segments. Oh yes, some yeah, but that. it had some Maoris on it, right? So we went there, and they gave us saveloys, and um, what was it saveloys and cordial, tomato sauce? Yeah, oh, tomato cordial. sauce and cordial, wasn't something like that to eat. Eh? Well, that was a big tucky because they didn't give anybody else that they got flash food, <laughs> and, oh. and so it was like um, the kaupapa of of. Um, <laughs> Of the talk back the next day was all about how all we got was fabulous. <laughs> yeah, it took about actually a bit ungrateful. Yeah, at least they gave us some food, but they didn't give us the food that they give the park home. So it was a big tuck. So that was the issue of the day. Yeah, the the issue of my first ever talk back. That was it. What uh, kind of call calls were coming in? Was oh, it? ones who had been there. Uh, actually mostly ones who had been there and there was a lot who had been there because there was a number of Bands that they were filming that night, but yeah, I couldn't believe it all about. Well, I mean, we only got saveloys and tomato sauce. <laughs> Pretty ungrateful Māori, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was quite an experience. And then um, we got us to go. Go. I was actually working in Kohangarau at Kokiri Marae, and um, I'd gone on for that interview. And then it was like, oh, you know, you want to come back and do a show, and then I thought. 
oh, are you okay? Me and my sister, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll give it a go. How long we got to do? Oh, yeah, okay, can we do whatever we want? Yeah, okay. And so that's when we put on that thing of playing just, uh, New, actually, New Zealand music. Because, you know, they played heaps of Māori music on the radio, but no New Zealand music. Mm. And we knew heaps of artists out there. So it was like New Zealand music, and we decided that our show would be the only one that you could speak Pākehā. And it was because we wanted to do interviews with musicians and different people and things like that. And, you know, there's a lot out there who couldn't speak Māori. I mean, we got to interview the overseas ones, mm. you know, the Neville Brothers and all ones like that, you know, real famous yeah. overseas ones. We got to interview them. Wow. So it was like, it was good that we had that particular show. But on the rest of them, they had to speak Māori. And, uh, and that was it. So it worked for a number of years. And then it was quite funny with Atea Watoa starting up. Like, I didn't actually work for them, but I used to do, they called it um, Whakaro Wahine, which I'd get to have a blurb about anything, uninterrupted. You know, whatever the, the tucky was, and away I go, blah, 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 you know, blah, away, uninterrupted, which was fantastic. And, uh, and that was me. Do you miss it? Radio. Yeah. Um, I suppose it sits with you. I tell you when I miss it is sometimes when you listen to the radio and then you that make you cringe and it's like <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's like, oh What makes you cringe, I don't know. Luckily not too much. It sometimes it's questions they ask in interviews and it's like, oh Yeah, you know, and, and sometimes you think, Oh you didn't actually um research your co papa. It's alright to do something off the cuff, but what you learn is that there are certain questions that you ask that will bring out that information if you haven't learned about that, whatever it is you're talking about. And if you haven't um, got those questions in line, you know, your interview can come out, uh, but not very good. But um, at this stage, it's quite funny because, like, I live in Wainui, and the station I pick up well is Aotearoa So I listen to Aotearoa and I quite enjoy it because um, I remember years ago we used to say we would love to have, yes, we'd love to have a youth station. Uh, we'd love to have a, a radio station that just speaks Māori and, you know, and for the old people and, and that, but it just speaks Māori. And we'd love to have, a, a, at those times we were saying, a rangatahi station or a station. Might have a bit of Māori, but it caters for the younger, you know, the audience. Yeah, and, and the non Māori speaking audience. And that's what we've kind of got. Mm-hmm. Kind of got that. Except um, myself, I tend. My sister, she listens to Upoko. And, and she doesn't to Tahi Bay. And I'm, oh, it's because our cousin Brannigan and that works on the year. And oh, yeah. you know, she likes listening to him. I say, oh, me, I listen to our Tawa Tour. <laughs> I said, oh, especially the breakfast show. Well, one of your favourite musicians is Rania um, Apirahama. Who other, who else are your musical influences? I'm assuming reggae is a big um, one. Yep, yep. We uh, we started reggae music, but I I also love soul and R and B. Soul R and B blues. Oh, and I took to tell you, one of my favourite brands was a band, Wellington band called Strike Master. It's a bit of rock and roll for you. Hey! And like they were really famous back in the day, sort of uh, heavy rock. They were wonderful. I loved them.
great anchors. They were local too. Yeah, Wellington has produced some of the best they have. bands and over the years, musicians out of here. But yeah, like I say, those who remember back in the day, and we'll remember Strike Master. And um, there was Strike Master, and then there was the Fui Maono family. And they had uh, Bad Boys, and they had Taste of Bounty. So a number of bands came out of them, out of that whānau. Um, and now all the, the young ones and their, you know, their children and apparently their grandchildren as well wow. are performing. So it's like um, they've got a legacy going. In the 1980s, Wellington churned out many reggae artists to dread beaten blood. The Ngātoro whānau were sticks and shanty. Edna remembers that tight-knit music community. Because back in the day, we could do things for nothing. Right? Nothing, and then if we got some money in at the door or something, that's, it was bonus. These days, totally different landscape. Yep. You need permits, it, you need it this. It is, and, um, and a lot won't play for nothing. want to be paid. But, yeah, back in those days, actually, it was quite funny. I was in touch with, um, who was it? Kingdom. Oh, Sorrel Chapman. When he came down for the 40th anniversary of the Equal Land March, yeah, then yes. we were having a bit of a catch up. <laughs> so that was that was really nice because um, I actually went up north, about there for a couple of years and stayed up by them, trying them radio program making and things like that. There was the three radio stations, and I um, had a great time. <laughs> and then I came back one one time and got homesick and <laughs> didn't go back. They were great up there, the North, wonderful people. Wow. They were really nice, looked after me well. But yeah, you had these, the Iwi radios have, you know, have something. I'm not sure if they're as close as, as like they were in, in my day. Hmm. But it, it's always interesting, you know, because there's always Iwi radio all over the place. Yeah. And it's like you've got to keep that going because at the end of the day, we can get the interviews and stuff and we can get the true story on actually things that are going on. More than um, Pākehās, you know, and it's not just for Māori, Māori issues, it's for Pākehā issues as well. As Edna's health deteriorated, she recalls a time when her faith endured. When I got diagnosed with lung cancer, because I have lung cancer, um, my kidneys are bunged up, and that, and I said my liver's a bit bunged too, but, um, but yeah, so. When was that? I don't know. How many it was. Now, I've had these for about two years, um, and then it was quite funny because along the way, when they first diagnosed me, they gave me four months. Oh. And I said to them, that's not up to you. They said, what do you mean? I said, that's in the Lord's hands, that is, because I firmly believe that. I thought, I don't care what doctors say, that's in the Lord's hands. Part of it, I think, is you've got to have a try and keep a positive outlook on things. Um, don't let, don't get depressed about things. I suppose I don't think about it too often because um, I'm quite lucky I don't go through pain and things like that. So that helps a lot. But um, I am always aware that I have these things. But... Um, um, but that's how I'd become involved with hospice was through um, Linda Olson, who um, who works with hospice sometimes. So she was the one that came, came to see me, which was kind of good because I, I've known 
known Linda since I was a little kid. And so when she came, it was like, oh, okay, uh, maybe comfortable. If it had been somebody else, mind you, I get on with people. Yeah. Try and get on with people. So um, no matter who they would have sent, I probably would have been all right. But it was quite good that it was Linda. Edna's ailing health affected her mobility. She lost the use of her legs and was wheelchair-bound when I visited her in October of 2015. Oh, I remember um, when I first got it, I cried because I just felt like, does that mean I'm never going to walk again? You know, is this going to be my life, stuck in a chair? And then it was like, oh, get over it. you got to get over it and make the best of, of what you got. So one of the first things was to try and get a ramp. So we were lucky, because for a while we didn't have a ramp, which meant I was stuck in the house. And we got a ramp. And then um, that's good so I can get in and out of the house, but I can't get in and out by myself because oh, yeah. there's no handrails. And uh, it's really funny because my sister and them go, oh, sometimes you should ask the neighbours, you know. <laughs> and I thought, no, I don't want to ask the neighbours. You know, that's like putting an extra burden on somebody else. So I, I don't want to do that. I'm quite lucky because I get to Wednesdays, they'd come get me. I don't know why they take me down the marae for the Kaimatu day. So I thought, I'm not a Kaimatu, but okay, I'll come. You know, because there was something that went Kaimatu, so it was like, no, okay. But as I go down there, if there's something happening sometimes and someone might come and get me, then I'll go. That's all right. Yeah, so those are sort of um, some outings that I get, but yeah. otherwise, if not, I'm just at home. Mm-hmm. And there's always a, a lot of um, things sometimes at times happen going on up and down the street. Oh, yes. And the odd visit from a Radio New Zealand producer. Jeez. Yep, and, and uh, the other other people that might come along. I wouldn't have a week where nobody comes. And if all those fellas, there's always the wash lady, the morning and then the afternoon when they come and close up, yak away and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your court at all. Do you have anything to add? Oh, just, um, I suppose there's a lot going on in the world that's out there, and um, I thought all I want to say is just, you know, um, follow your dreams, whatever it is. Um, don't let anything get in the way. If you hit a stumbling block, that's all right. Just get up again carry on or it might be that you've got to take a different slightly different road but um, things are out there and they're out there for you to take advantage of Edna was laid to rest earlier this week at Waikare Moana At the fire, moi mai rā